911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, I thought we could talk a little bit about the prevalence of PTSD and kind of clarify a little bit of the misconceptions that I see out there. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. If you've been in our realm or listened to this podcast or been in our Facebook group for any amount of time, you know that we refer to it as PTSI. We most certainly see PTSI as something that is not a disorder. It's most certainly an injury. And I say that because a lot of the people that we work with who might suffer from symptoms of PTSI are doing so because it's a byproduct of their profession. It's not a disorder that just came out of nowhere. It's not something that needs to be suffered with and and held on to for your entire life. No, instead, it's an injury. And just like with breaking your arm, you can heal that injury. And even still, there's a significant amount of people that don't seek out treatment for it. And we can go into the details of, you know, the different market research that I've done and the reasons why people don't. But the bottom line is most people who are in the profession, these men and women in uniform, They don't seek out any form of treatment or ask for help, even though their departments say that it's available, because they fear repercussion. Why would you want to go and tell admin or somebody who is supposed to be in confidential nature within your department that you think that there is something that makes you emotionally unstable when that's one of the criteria in order to be able to get your job in the first place? It doesn't make sense, right? If anything, you would do everything that you could to hide the truths about anything that you're experiencing that doesn't make you emotionally up to par with how things were when you first started that profession. And it's a big problem that I see because a lot of these departments, they do offer, most of them, some form of treatment, some modality, And yet none of it is confidential. And most of these men and women, they don't seek out that help because they fear the repercussions. They don't want to be frowned upon. They don't want to be stigmatized, especially by their own department. And I've learned that 20% of people who actually experience some form of traumatic event in their life, and I'm just talking typical civilians, they'll suffer from PTSD or PTSI, or at least some form of symptom of PTSI. And I started to dig a little bit further in the research because I wanted to know, of these people that do suffer, what is the rate that they recover? I never heard about that. We never see that. We talk about suicide rates increasing, alcoholism, infidelity. But what I found was that people who have PTSI and they actually seek out treatment, two-thirds of those people actually heal. That broken arm is no longer broken. Sure, you remember breaking that arm, but it's not something that hurts every day. You don't have to carry around and nurture this broken arm 
like you're so used to every day. And the other one third of people that do suffer from PTSD that do seek out treatment, well, they heal almost all the way. The only difference is that some of their symptoms don't go away. Another really interesting fact is we all know substance abuse, when you do have any kind of emotional impairment going on, is, is really, really prevalent. And it was crazy to me because I found that women are more likely, almost by a half percent, to turn to alcoholism more so than men. This has been a topic for me that's been top of mind because I was able to speak with an amazing man named Patrick Cullinan. You see, Patrick lives in Georgia. And through the powers of the universe and his own struggles, his own, his own tribulations of dealing with PTSI in his own, he's now building what's called the Valor Station. Okay, first of all, what a badass name is the Valor Station. <laughs> what is the Valor Station? This is going to be a first ever treatment center for first responders only. I was blown away. I was blown away because there are so many treatment centers out there and some do have some form of branch when it comes to specializing in first responders, but there's nothing of its kind that helps first responders only. I had the privilege of talking with Patrick for over an hour and I'm going to bring him on to the show and let him share his own story and it's one of incredible fascination because he tapped into so much endurance and he exemplifies what it means to be resilient. But until then, I just wanted to share everything that I now know about the Valor Station. This inpatient facility, he's going to house 30 beds. And the best part about it is that he said that nobody is going to be turned away. These men and women in uniform the ones that suffer from PTSI. A lot of the stories that I hear from my clients especially is if they have gone and sought out therapy in the past, they stop because it's too expensive. Sure, if they have insurance, insurance might cover some of it, but then they're left to eat the cost. And a lot of the times when we're suffering with something emotional like this, it's hard for us to justify taking food out of our family's mouths in order to give to ourselves. These men and women serve their community and they're conditioned to give to others. And the very last thing that they ever think about doing is something for themselves. But having a facility like the Valor Station I think is so amazing because number one, the entire facility is going to be run by first responders and the entire treatment program is going to be tailored two first responders. And Patrick sent me pictures of this facility. It's supposed to be opening, hopefully in quarter one of 2021. As things progress, believe me, I'm going to be monitoring it because I think it's important for us to know that a facility like this exists. He shared with me that this particular facility, it was actually a convent for nuns for 50 years. That alone, and you know, you know me if you've been listening to this show for any extent, extended period of time. I am not religious, however, I am incredibly spiritual. And to know how much love has been already poured into this facility based on its history, it's just incredible. 
And the more and more that I tap into my own spiritual nature, the more I find that things like this are not a coincidence. This facility is on 20 acres. It's absolutely gorgeous. Seeing pictures from the inside, you can see this long hallway and the entire hallway is just lined with nothing but these glass walls and just green, lush, beautiful. It is truly a retreat. It's a space for these men and women who need it to be able to go to and to be able to get the help that they need to be able to talk to people who understand what they're going through, and even more so people who can relate because they've been there too. It makes me incredibly proud to be able to know people like Patrick because he's so value-driven. He understands that what he went through is not something that other people should have to go through. He made mention to me that a big part of his mission is to be able to give back to the other generations the ones that follow him. So much to the extent that he wants people to be able to look back and to laugh at the fact that we used to stigmatize mental health in these professions. How important is that? Could you imagine? You see death on a routine basis. You see the worst of humanity on a routine basis. If that doesn't impact you in some way, well... That could be its entire mental health issue on its own. But for the most part, it does, it does pull the heartstrings. It is something that these men and women think about. They carry with them. They go home, they see their own children. They see their wives, their husbands. And it brings them back to work. They make the correlations. They start to think about the what ifs. And the worst part is they're never able to clock out. And it doesn't have to be that way. I hope as you listen to this, if you yourself are a first responder, or if you know somebody who is, that you know that there's an open door. All you have to do is ask to walk through. And what I mean by that is reach out and talk to somebody. Start the conversation off by asking, is it okay if I talk to you confidentially? Do you know how good it feels for us to be able to hold space for somebody? Someone who's going through a hard time. That's our way to be able to gift somebody else that space. And we all have those people. There are people in your corner right now. Heck, if you don't think you have a single person in your corner, or you don't trust a single person in your corner well enough to be able to unload some of this, send me a message. Message me on Facebook, Ashley Walton. Come into our group, Police, Fire, Military, and Families. If you don't want something one-on-one, come in there. That's a space where everybody is unloading some of the shit. Because they they know now, you don't have to carry it. And by seeing over a thousand people that are talking about the the same hardships and the same struggles that they go through on a daily basis, it's relieving some of that pressure. Because we all know what happens when you let things boil over. And I'm going to end this on one note by just sharing with you. I am so proud of the hard work that you put in on a daily basis. Serving your communities. Coming home and serving your family. And you're always trying to show up as the best version of yourself. 
But sometimes I think it's important for us to be a little gentle and to know that in order for us to show up as the best version of ourselves, we need to be able to unpack some of the stuff that we carry every day. And with that, know that it's okay too.